Our meditation today is taken from the book of Daniel, chapter 3. Listen again to verses 24 and 25. Then King Nebuchadnezzar was astonished and rose up in haste. He declared to his counselors, Did we not cast three men bound into the fire? They answered and said to the king, True, O king. He answered and said, But I see four men unbound walking in the midst of the fire, and they are not hurt. And the appearance of the fourth is like a son of the gods. So far, our text. Immediately following this homily, you will sing a song by Hillside United called There's Another in the Fire. Now, if you're watching online, of course, that song won't be part of the service, but you might want to check it out. I mean, Hillside United, and the song is There's Another in the Fire. I heard this song last week, loved it, and I said to myself, now that song deserves a sermon. And so here it is. Now the song is based upon Daniel chapter 3, and you knew these verses back in your Sunday school days. You knew them as the three men in the fiery furnace. Do, do you remember that account? If you do, repeat after me. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Yeah, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego. These are three men of Jewish persuasion who were willing to give up their lives for God. They, along with Daniel, were unwilling citizens of the Babylonian Empire. Deported in 605 B.C. after King Nebuchadnezzar and his army had besieged and conquered Jerusalem. But even though they were captives, they were learned men who had risen to positions of importance in the outlying provinces of Babylon. But now, in our text, they had been summoned to the capital city to proclaim their fealty, their loyalty to their monarch. You see, King Nebuchadnezzar had constructed a statue nine feet wide and as tall as a nine-story building, a gold-leaf-covered image of, of either the king himself or, or his favorite god of the Babylonians, Marduk. And all Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego had to do to keep their cushy lifestyles as well as their own skins was to bow down and worship the ginormous golden idol. Well, they refused, and that was their choice. They refused, and as with all choices, this choice came with consequences. Their hands were bound, and they were tossed into an ancient furnace, a, a smelter of precious metals. And by the way, archaeologists have unearthed a similar uh, Babylonian smelter as big as a building, and they found it with this inscription. It said, this is the place of burning where men who blaspheme the god of Chaldea died by fire. So our text is no fairy tale now, is it? Instead, what it is, it's an amazing act of faith. Worship a false god or become incinerated. Be faithful or be cremated. And those three men chose faithfulness, didn't they? They chose cremation. 
Well, there are two main points in the sermon this morning, and the first is in the form of a question. It goes like this. How much heat are you willing to take for Jesus? You see, the Bible is very clear that it's not a matter of if you will be asked to suffer for your Christian faith, but rather a matter of when. In Matthew 16, Jesus told his disciples, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself, pick up his cross, and follow me. And then in Matthew 10, Jesus said, you will be hated by all because of my name. Look around the world today, and it's easy to see that Christ's forecast has come true. Take a look at China. I mean, there's a perfect example. Today, Chinese authorities are removing young Christians from worship services. In fact, in China, signs on the church doors say, no children allowed. They don't want the coming generation to know Jesus at all. Worship services are monitored by the Chinese government through closed-circuit TV. Closed, uh, uh, churches are closing, there are arrests, surveillance, and the demolition of church buildings. All of those things are part of everyday life for China's 97 million Christians. Chinese Christians are feeling the heat, aren't they? But you don't live in China now, do you? And yet, abusing God's people takes place in our own land. It does. It's just a little bit more subtle. John Stott was an Anglican theologian and author who passed away in 2011. He once wrote the following about persecution and said, persecution is simply the clash between two irreconcilable value systems. And he's absolutely right. In this country, we are witnessing right now the clash between pagan values and Christian values, and the pagans are making headway. I mean, for years, there's been a constant push, hasn't there, to remove all traces of God from government Better not hang the Ten Commandments near any courtroom. And how much longer will the words under God be heard in the pledge or, or the words in God we trust be found upon our currency? On college campuses, outspoken Christians are regularly demeaned, debased, and targeted for their beliefs. Christian student groups have been kicked off of campuses. In New Jersey, a teacher was suspended for giving a student a Bible. In Washington State, a football coach was put on leave for saying a prayer with his team as they gathered in the end zone after the game. I'm no prophet, but I don't have to be one to predict your future because Here's what your future will look like. If it hasn't already taken place, the day is coming when you will be faced with the choice to either stand up for Jesus Christ or to bow down and worship our pagan culture. It will happen to you in a classroom or a locker room or on Facebook or during a Zoom meeting 
or in your work cubicle or across the neighbor's fence or in a text message or at a party or while out on a date. You will be asked to make a choice to defend your Savior or reject him, to love Jesus or ignore him. And every choice has a consequence, doesn't it? And so I ask you again, how much heat are you willing to take for Jesus? Second point in the sermon this morning is this. When the heat is on, Jesus will be there. Because, you see, there's another in the fire. There's another in the fire. Go back to our text. That's what good old King Nebuchadnezzar said when he looked down into that smelter. He expected to see a barbecue, didn't he? What he didn't expect to see was Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego strolling around in the embers like they were walking on cool green grass on a spring day. What he didn't expect to see was a fourth person, a fourth dude, a fourth personage in the flames. And then he said, and I quote, looking like a son of the gods. That is so cool. I love that. Because for centuries, countless theologians have argued as to the identity of the fourth fiery figure. And, and they usually settle upon one of two suspects. It's either a guardian angel from heaven, or, are you ready for this? Many theologians believe that furnace occupant number four is none other than the pre-incarnate before he came down from heaven and was found in the manger before he became a man, Jesus Christ. And since I'm standing in the pulpit today, here's my take. I believe that if God the Father can be found in a burning bush, and between the wings of the cherubim upon the Ark of the Covenant, if God the Holy Spirit can be found in life-giving breath on day six of creation, and in the form of a dove at Christ's baptism, and in tongues of fire on the day of Pentecost, there is no reason why the second person of that same Holy Trinity, why God the Son could not stand next to and rescue those faithful men in the fiery pit. I have always believed that it's Jesus who stands in that furnace. You know, if you look at the training manual used by many of our nation's firefighters, there's usually a section that's called in together, out together. And the idea behind this rule is that firefighters can enter a fire and leave a fire only as a team. And doing so minimizes the potential for firefighters to become separated or trapped. No firefighter is ever allowed to enter, operate in, or to leave a fire alone. It's always in groups of two or more. Now look now, there's no doubt that in the coming days, you will experience more heat as a Christian than you've ever experienced before. Don't be surprised. Don't be surprised should following Jesus Christ become for you increasingly difficult 
or unpopular or unsavory or even dangerous. And do not capitulate. Do not allow your faith to dry up and wither and melt into a puddle at your feet. You don't have to do that because you are not alone. There's another in the fire. There's another in the heat. There's another in the flames. He stands around you, beneath you, you know, below you. He is impervious to whatever Molotov cocktail the devil and the pagans and the sinful world toss your way. I mean, don't you see? He already walked through the inferno of all your sins. On Good Friday, Jesus has already extinguished the flames of death for you on Easter morning. And now you need not fear any kind of persecution from anyone ever again. Look who stands next to you. Look who will always be standing next to you. He died for you. He rose for you. One thing I know your Jesus isn't going anywhere. So the next time the heat is turned up, the next time being a Christian becomes difficult, the next time that loving Jesus comes with a price tag, the next time that the pagan world out there wants you to give up on Jesus and choose them, you know what? Take a good look around. Yeah, it's hot. But you're not alone. There's another in the fire. Amen. And the peace in Christ that passes all understanding, keep your hearts, your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.